Hello and welcome to this episode of Raising Teens podcast from Care for the Family. I'm Rob Parsons, so today I'm joined by Catherine Hill. Catherine's the UK Director of Care for the Family and has written and spoken extensively on parenting issues. And I'm also joined by Kate Middleton. Kate is the Director of the Mind and Soul Foundation and a psychologist. And then Jane Smith. Jane's the CEO of Anorexia and Bulimia Care. And today we're considering a question sent in by a dad. He says, My daughter is now 15 and I see a worrying change in her behaviour. She started to wear all black clothes and walks around with her head down and her shoulders hunched up. She says she's fat and ugly. How can I help her? When I tell her she's lovely, she just says, well, you would say that because you're my dad. Well, Jane, how can you <laughs> help There's this There's so dad? much in this, isn't yeah. there? Yes. I have a personal experience of that from my own daughter who um, turned into an emo. And I have to say there's a certain sense of embarrassment within Tell the family. Tell us what that means. Emo. Well, she was all dressed in black, yeah. um, very heavy black um, eyeliner and makeup. Mm. School didn't like this, obviously. Um, but there was also a touch of colour. I think that's what distinguishes being an emo from a goth. Okay. But I think it was about her identity and about trying to um, establish a, a, something different within the family. But I have to say that it was slightly embarrassing for us as well mm. to have someone, you know, who was very different and people stared at. Mm. I think she was going through a tough time and maybe this, this girl is also, because there are some, you know, the hunch shoulders, obviously she's not very happy. I mean, I know, you know, you teenagers are often not very happy, but, you know, maybe there are some issues for her which need exploring. And I would advise any parent to, to find out, you know, how the, the daughter in this case or the son um, is and are there any, you know, real problems for them. I mean, yes, they might tell you to mind your own business, but you still keep trying. You chip away at that. You choose your moment yeah. um, and you, you return to it because that's important. They might choose to speak to other people, of course, about their problems. And that's tough, isn't it? As, as, as mums and dads, we want them to talk to us. Um, so I think lots of lots of issues, but I mean, for the dad, um, saying to her, "Well, you're beautiful, you're lovely, you're not ugly." Uh, unfortunately, there can be a sort of a tit for tat going on there. In that, I am ugly, I am fat. You know, yes, you're going to say that. Yeah. And my advice always to parents is to say, "I think you're lovely." You know. I know all your wonderful and qualities your opinion, and yeah. that's your opinion. No one yeah. can argue with that. Yeah. And then to sort of, you know, widen it and list all the, yeah. the qualities that she has. Catherine, this, this, this dad obviously is going through what he considers to be an extreme here, kind of all black, head down, I'm ugly, I'm fat. But you brought up four kids. Have you seen any kind of indications of, of this anywhere along, along the line in, in, in the kids? Definitely. I think the teenagers are a time when our children are trying to establish their identity away from us, their parents. Mm. It's a really crucial time. And they often want to be different than us. And very often that will mean being part of a tribe or dressing in a particular way. So I remember our boys all went through a phase of wearing their jeans half around their knees. And, you know, that was what everybody did. And if you wanted to look cool and if you wanted to be like your peers, um, that, was, that was how you dressed. And I think as parents, it's really important that we understand the huge, the huge thing of peer pressure and their need to be accepted by their peers. And I think this dressing, there's obviously other stuff going on here, but I think dressing um, in a particular way to belong is really a really powerful thing for them. 
Jane, what's what's so important about this tribe thing, about looking the same and the sense of all being, have the same identity? What's, what's going on there? Well, it's interesting, like Catherine says, in the teenage years, identity formation is one of the big things that's going on. And for a while, you have a gulf there because they come out of the this sort of, um, we talk about the egocentric phase of primary school years. Egocentric means that literally you're only able to see the world from your point of view. And then as their brain starts to develop in the teenage years, they, they develop this new skill of understanding other people's perspectives on everything, including themselves. And this throws them into a new phase of suddenly thinking, well, who am I? What do other people think of me? Um, what do other people see when they see me? And, and for some teens in particular, this can be a huge challenge, quite a scary time. And in those times, for grabbing onto an identity from a tribe or a group or a trend, there's security in that, there's confidence, because I don't need to be anxious. If I'm wearing the same as all my friends are wearing and I'm doing the things that I'm told I should be doing, I'm listening to the right music, I've, I've, got, say I've got the right clothes on, I'm doing the right things, I'm on the right websites, then they don't need to feel anxious in a time when they're perhaps quite uncertain about who they are. So all of the research looking at the impact of social trends would show that teens in that stage are much more prone to following these sorts of things than older teens and, and adults, by which stage you've got more of your own identity, you're more able to start to branch out. It's hard for parents though, isn't it? Jane, if I, if I could come uh, to you, because on the one hand, you can imagine a parent taking on the chin the fact that their kids want to wear their, their trousers around their ankles or their knees or what have you, but then some other groups, they might feel uh, perhaps will be, will be more worrying because of the culture associated with those groups and so forth. So it's a, it's a hard one to, to Yes, to yes, because, I mean, emo and goth, very associated with self-harming. So as a parent, you might panic that that's going to be part of the culture as well. And is your child going to do that? I think also you think, is this forever? You know, you don't know that there's going to be an end to this phase. Maybe there won't be, but on the whole, there is, isn't there? So you're, you're stuck, you're caught in the moment, and you're, you're worried about what else it might lead to. And then, as I say, it's the embarrassment factor, isn't there? And what granny's going to say. <laughs> and you have to sort of prime other people in the family often yeah. to be accepting because I think it's very important, isn't it, as, for us as parents to be accepting. Yeah, as a parent, I think that is something I so often um, sort of stumbled with, really, in realising that I was more worried about what other people thought about something my children were doing than mm. actually about my relationship with them. There was one time when my, I'd said to my daughter, I mean, it was only a silly little example, but she'd, I, she'd asked if she could have her nose pierced. And at that particular stage, I'd said no. And she arrived one Christmas. How old was uh, she? She was around 15, yeah, I think. Okay. And so she came storming in, you know, we had a, um, our kitchen was full of people at Christmas. We had, you know, uh, friends and family all there. And she came marching in with her friend. They both bought lime green hoodies, which was a bit of a statement in itself in those days and she had this nose piercing and I said is that real in front of everyone and she said yes and I said take it out and she said no and I was stuck and I had just got that so wrong and I realized that I was more worried about what other people thought than about some silly little bit of metal 
in her nose. And so sometimes it's it, it, it's hard as parents, but mm. we have to take the higher ground, I think, and and realise it's you know our relationship with them is more important. Let's let's move on. We've talked a little bit about the identity thing and the tribe thing, but but let's spend a moment on this more worrying aspect of you know I'm fat, I'm ugly, and nothing the dad says can can change that. Um, what advice would you would you give to this dad? Um, well, I would explain to him that it's probably a good idea to just say how he feels. So say to her, I think that you're beautiful. I think that you have these qualities. Mm. Rather than just say, you are lovely, or you, because then she can argue back. Mm. So it's better to actually say, I feel, or I think, because actually no one can argue with that. No. And it's important that she hears that. She might not mm. uh, look as if she's heard it. No. She might be feeling very glum. Of course, yeah. but he, she needs to hear that, especially from her father, yeah. because yeah. Uh, the father's regard is very important, isn't it? Mm, yes. that, that's true, isn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, so the relationship between dads and daughters uh, can be a tricky one, particularly in the teenage years, as, as your daughter, you know, your little girl suddenly starts to grow into a, a woman and the balance of that relationship, it can be really hard, mm. especially around this age, 14, 15. Mm. But there's a lot of good research that shows that it is a key relationship. Mm. It doesn't have to be the, the, the dad who's around. It could be another male, uh, an uncle, a friend. But having a key adult male in a girl's life in those teenage years, it's a really valuable perspective mm. and one that I would encourage people to intentionally build really deliberately think about how you can build that yeah I think that's so key isn't it particularly mm. um, for those that are parenting on their own for, for mums parenting on their own um, just to know that it's how important it can be to be intentional about finding um, people that they trust people in the community in some way that can come alongside and can um, be that source of support or whatever for, for their daughter. Yes, teenagers are, are very um, aware of all the different perspectives on them. So it's as a parent, one of the things you can do is try and make sure there are some good perspectives on them because some of the others will be more challenging. The, the media and things that they see, particularly about body image that tells them that they should look a particular way, that they should be able to achieve this Instagram level of perfection and everything. They need to have some perspectives that tell them a more realistic mm. view. I mean, Catherine, you've written a lot on this kind of stuff. There's never, in my view, there's never been a generation that's been under more pressure to look mm. a certain way. That's um, absolutely right. I mean, the, the stats are frightening, really, for mental health in that area. And I think um, we can't blame it all on social media, but there is a there is definitely a direct link um, between what they see on Instagram, on you know any social media, where there's these pictures of perfection, mm. um, and everyone else's showreels of their perfect life, and the photograph that they've probably taken a hundred times and edited, but makes it look as if they've just snapped it. Mm. And then you know our, our young people looking at those and knowing that their reality is different. And then there's a gap, and then comes the pressure, and they feel they need to they need to look like that, or they need to put that on their social media Definitely. feed, and then um, they've got to live up to it. And, and reality really is hard. such a challenge, isn't it? When on Instagram you can use a filter or touch up, edit out the, the, the less perfect bits of you. How do you manage when actually your reality is not that perfect? It's hard for teenagers to be confident in real life when their online version can be so polished. Mm -hmm. Jane, it's not a problem, not the case for this dad, but do you think sometimes as parents, uh, the way we use Facebook or the stuff we put up there, we, we actually contribute to this? That's really, really interesting, yes. I think sometimes you can, sometimes just with your comments and how you judge people, even on the tele television. Mm. Uh, the comments that you make about other people oh, right, can yeah. can uh, be quite oh, that's fascinating. I know. 
that's uh, something to watch out, isn't it? Well, look, as we as we bring this one to a close, uh, just a, perhaps a couple of tips each to this to this dad. Um, I'll come to you first, uh, uh, Jane. A couple of tips each uh, for this dad to help help get him through. Number one, what would you? Just one thing, perhaps. Uh. Don't give up um, okay, saying okay. that she's that he thinks she's lovely and beautiful and has lots and lots of wonderful qualities because it isn't just about looks. Yeah. I would also say that uh, she knows um, that he loves her because she said, uh, you're my dad, you would say that. Very good. Mm. So she, she realises how safe and secure and love she is under that. So I would take that as a big positive. Very good. Catherine? I think at Care for the Family, we often talk, we talk often about the need for our children to know that they're loved unconditionally, but within that, that they're accepted, mm -hmm. that we accept them for who they are um, and for not, not for something that we, they think that we want them to be. So acceptance. Very good. And I think I would probably talk about trying to find spaces where there's a relief from this pressure to look perfect, to be perfect. And particularly for dads or men who are significant in the lives of some teenage girls, find some times, take them camping, go out for coffee, find some special moments where it can be all about fun and conversation and they can just relax for a moment from that pressure and realise that they're loved just for who they are. Well, I came across a lovely comment the other day. Uh, a dad said that his uh, daughter in her early 20s took him aside and she's not an arrogant uh, a young woman but she said dad the other day I walked into a room and I realized I felt pretty good about myself and I'm you know I was okay and I thought why is that and then she said I realized the first man in my life made me feel special and that's nice isn't it it's nice guys thank you so much for that and and we hope that well that dad and and, and each of you listening have found that uh, found that uh, helpful if you'd like to send a question in to us, please do so. Just email it to us. If we choose your question, we'd love to give you a special gift. It's a copy of Catherine Hill's uh, new book, Left to Their Own Devices, Confident Parenting in an Age of Screens. So if we choose your question, we'll uh, make sure we send you a copy of that as a big uh, uh, thank you to you. But for now, it's a goodbye from my guests and, and from me. And uh, join us again soon for another episode of Care for Families, Raising Teens podcast you have been listening to the raising teens podcast for further information about our courses resources and events visit us at careforthefamily.org.uk